Football Podcast. I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And I'm Anthony LaFreary, an award-winning sports reporter who at this point, the only enjoyment I'm getting out of the NFL is fantasy football. Sounds like a true Cowboys fan. Currently down 28-3 to as we're recording this on Monday night. Week 6 is wrapping up. We are going into week seven, and as it is our Tuesday episode, it is our waiver wire and trade episode. So real quick before we get started, if you're not already following us on Instagram, on Twitter, at FCK Podcast, on every Sunday at noon, Anthony goes live to answer your start-sit questions and goes over the inactives for that week. www.fckpodcast.com. And if you're not already listening to us on, we are also on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts. All right, it's time to transition into our trade section of the week. And, you know, at the beginning of every episode, I say, you know, I'm Paul Stoltz, former professional kicker who spent way too much time in the offensive film room. And what that means is that I really, like, as a kicker, they had no idea where to put me because I was just part of special teams and there were offensive and defensive meetings. So they would just throw me in the offensive film room. So I've literally spent thousands and thousands of hours <laughs> watching offensive film and learning how to watch film and applying that to fantasy football is really the unique vantage point that gives me uh, an extra ability on most people because most fantasy football players only look at the stats or hear the media narrative, right? And, and there's no other way for them to interpret if somebody is good or not as good, if they overachieved or didn't. And so what our goal, I think, with this show is, is to be able to tell our listeners, give them a leg up on their competitors who are just looking at stats and are just listening to the ESPN narrative of things. Uh, by saying, hey, you know, this guy had a great game, but he's really not that good. It was an anomaly situation. Or, look, this guy has stunk for th- – it's the, the, the Joe Mixon case, right? It's the – look, this guy has stunk for three weeks, but what's been the issue? It's not Joe Mixon. It's his offensive line, right? And so I think that section that – that's what this section is all about. So, and uh, let's start with our sell high guys. And let, let me uh, – actually, let's have you start with your first one. Paul, you are going to hate me for this. Oh, God. Carson Wentz. As a sell high? As a sell high, because he finally had a really nice game this week, mm-hmm. trying to bring them back from the dead. Mm-hmm. People are still thinking. And, and let me just explain, too. It's not because of talent that I say sell high on him. Mm-hmm. There's two big reasons why you need to sell high and get whatever value you can for Carson Wentz right now. Number one is durability concerns. And number two, he's got zero help Mm -hmm. right now. Going into this game on Thursday night, he's going to be without his top running back, his top two wide receivers, and his top tight end. His line is in complete shambles. For the Eagles to be effective and for him to be effective in fantasy football, he's going to have to play all out hero ball and as a result it's going to result in him getting hurt 
had a great game against Baltimore. This is your chance to take advantage and unload him while you can. And I have never disagreed with you more <laughs> in my entire life. I knew you would. So much so. And, and again, for our listeners, we do not discuss our picks for anything before the episode so you can get our genuine and authentic reactions. I have Carson Wentz as one of my two by low guys this week. <laughs> That's how much I disagree with you, right? First of all, I think that your idea of what the sentiment is on Carson Wentz is not right. I think that almost every fantasy football player that you ask right now would tell you, oh, Carson Wentz stinks. Yes, he hacked together a couple weeks, right? And what I'm going to tell you is that Alshon Jeffrey's coming back in a couple week, weeks. Maybe. Alice Goddard is probably better at this point in his career than, than uh, Zach Ertz. Deshaun Jackson is coming back. He's one of the deep threats. Jalen Rieger is coming back. Greg Ward is still there as a PPR guy, right? And your boy, Travis Fulgham, <laughs> is pretty good, <laughs> right? So, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. I don't know if I've ever disagreed with you more in my entire life, and that's me and you arguing about the Giants and Cowboys. <laughs> All I know is dude can't stay healthy, and I, I wish him the best of health. The last thing in the world I ever want to see is a player get hurt. But I'm just telling you, I, I just don't believe he's going to get through a 16-game season like this. Yeah, look, that's a fair argument, right? Yeah. That, that he has consistently been hurt every year, and he even had some, some issues uh, this year already with, with getting hurt. But if I'm just – I don't predict injuries, right? I'm not clairvoyant in that regard even though I'm able to predict that DeAndre Swift is going to be a breakout star. But that's another story. Well, that's, that's a totally different matter. <laughs> but if Carson Wentz has done what he's done in the last two weeks, putting up pretty decent numbers against good defenses, right, what's he going to do when the offensive line gets healthy and when Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, <laughs> right? Uh, Fulgham has another – Fulgham has another week under his belt. Greg Ward has another week under his belt. Jalen Rieger gets back, and Alshon Jeffrey gets back. Alshon Jeffrey, who, by the way, in his last game as an Eagle, 16 targets, nine catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown or two. So Carson Wentz is one of my two by-low guys this week. <laughs> well, let's see. let's see those guys get healthy first, and then we'll see. Fair enough. Happens. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I have, I have two – uh, two sell high guys this week. My first is Travis Fulgham. And look, I don't know. I don't think his value is that high right now. But if you can get maybe DeAndre Swift or you can get um, a guy that's sharing carries at the moment and you're in, you maybe Travis Fulgham is your fifth receiver or fourth receiver right now, he's got some value after two strong outputs. Yeah, I, I agree with you in principle. If you can get something for Fulgham, you, you should. Uh, if you could find someone that would give you DeAndre Swift for Fulgham, I want to be in that league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to put DeAndre Swift as a buy low, but I feel like it's kind of too late that the cat's out of the bag. Even though, Paul, somehow – 
Peterson still got one more touch than Swift last week. <laughs> no, it's, I it's would absurd. pull my hair out. <laughs> it's absurd. It's it makes absurd. no sense. But um, I will just double down on, on Swift and say whatever you can do to get him wouldn't be such a bad idea because I could see him being top eight to ten back the rest of the way if he gets the touches. I totally agree. Again, the last two episodes prior to this, I've called him the Miles yeah. Sanders of 2020, right? Because yeah. he, he, they're really similar backs, explosive, uh, not the best pass blockers, which is why they've both been, you know, Miles Sanders last year and DeAndre Swift this year has been slower to work into the into the mix. But so explosive in space, yeah. it's 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 incredible. So uh, if you can still get your hands on DeAndre Swift, I'm with yeah. you. <laughs> Go ahead and get him. But his price definitely went up this yeah. week. He's your third son, along with Scotty Miller Stoltz and, and, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire Stoltz. Yep. yep. DeAndre Swift Stoltz. That's a great name right there. DSS <laughs> baby. Yep. Yep. Um, so, my other sell high guy this week is going to be Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones has done nothing short of impressed me this year. He has made tremendous strides. From even year two where he was okay, year one he was awful, but year two he was okay to year three. Uh, and he's shown some good bursts through the hole. He's improved his pass blocking, so Brady likes him out there. But after three straight 100-yard games, the sentiment is very high on Ronald Jones right now. And, and you can sell that if you own Ronald Jones. And with that said, Leonard Fournette is going to come back. And he's going to have fresh legs. And they're going to mix him up because they're investing at this point in the success of Ronald Jones. And there's going to be a, a carry share. And I, I, you're not going to see a, a continuation of 100-yard games from Ronald Jones. So this is probably the most valuable that he's going to be all season. Yeah, I agree with you. You watch the line stuff more, so I'll leave the speculation of who's the better between the two of them. but shooting from the hip without really seeing much of, of him in Tampa Bay. I think I'd rather have Fournette going forward anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There, I, I think there's a debate to be had there. I, I'm not yeah. sure who I would choose until I see more of Fournette in that, uh, offense. In, the, yeah. in that offense, but he does all the stuff that Ronald Jones has done. You're right. And he's yeah. probably done him better to this point in his career for sure. Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, who else do you have from a buy low perspective? Um, I got – I tell you a guy I, I have – I don't recall if I had him last week, but Hollywood Brown. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Listen, yeah. dude, his floor is between 9 and 10 points. He gets most of the targets out in Baltimore, but he hasn't had that monster game yet. He hasn't had that bomb 60 to 70-yard touchdown where he gets a week's worth of production and one catch. That's going to come. Lamar, it seems he's finally hit his stride. And, I mean, this guy's a star waiting to happen. Mm. I, I, I hate to put Matthew Berry over, but he called him the next Tyreek Hill. And it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, he's got a little bit to go before I anoint him the, ninth, the next Tyreek Hill. What Tyreek Hill did, and we said this in our preseason uh, episodes mm -hmm. when we were ranking receivers, what Tyreek Hill did from year, I believe it was, two to three and three to four in terms of improving his route running. That's what elevated Tyreek Hill to yeah. the level that he's at now, but you're right. Sk similar skill sets. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, that I've seen with Marquise Brown, 
Marquise Hollywood Brown is that they're just missing. <laughs> like yeah. Lamar is just missing him so many times. Yeah. Uh, so they're going to connect. They're going to get it sorted out. They did it last year when Hollywood Brown was a rookie. And uh, Lamar Jackson has had to work on his pocket pass in the last few weeks. I really like that one, and I think you're nailing that one. Have I redeemed myself from once yet, or I got ways to go still? Because <laughs> a simple, a simple, I disagree would have sufficed. <laughs> Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. So you're gonna like this by low. I think you're gonna like this one. You know who my by low is? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! And, and so. It's counterintuitive because he just had a 150-yard game. But the, t- the, the single most texted item to me this week was, what do I do about Le'Veon Bell? And what do I do about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Right? Le'Veon Bell, of course, just being signed by the Chiefs. I think this is important to address for our audience. So first of all, let me address what I think is going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell is essentially going to be what Kareem Hunt was last year for the Browns. Six to ten carries a game and four to six catches every game. They'll put him in the slot. They'll play two RB sets where they uh, then move uh, – they'll move Le'Veon out. To, so they'll start with two in the backfield. They'll move Le'Veon out to the side, try to get a read on what type of defense the other team is playing. And then they'll, they'll work them in like that. So the reason I'm saying buy low on Edwards Hilaire is because there are people out there that think, oh, Le'Veon Bell is going to come in and it's going to be a full carry share, right? And they're going to try to just dispose of Edwards Hilaire at not pennies on the dollar, but for, a, for somebody that is, you know, maybe getting more, more guaranteed touches. And so – is Edwards Hilaire going to get the 25 carries that he got tonight on Monday, uh, on Monday afternoon football? No. But is he going to get 15 to 20 carries every week? The same amount of carries he was getting the last four weeks? Absolutely. Yeah. Paul, well, that's really interesting that you would consider him. And it's, I give a lot of credit for thinking outside the box there and having the guts to call a top 10 fantasy running back a buy low candidate. But I see where you're coming from because there are going to be people that can panic on him here. And even if you pay 75 cents on the dollar for him, go for it. If it's 80 cents on the dollar, go for it. The only thing I'm a little worried about, and only time will tell with this, I, I have a hunch that Bell is going to be the goal line back. And that – that might be the only thing that puts a major damper on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire-Stoltz. Other than that, I'd say full systems go. Yeah, that's fair enough. Bell is going to have his own series, too, uh, just like Daryl Williams had his own series. And Bell is better than Daryl Williams. I, yeah. I think that's a good point, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ant. It's time to go through our top five waiver wire recommendations of the week. The way we do this is Anthony first goes with his 5-4-3-2. I go with my 5-4-3-2. And then we discuss our number one ads in more depth. So, Ant, hit him with your 5-2 to two 
waiver wire recommendations. Rock and roll, Paul. So I got a five and a five A just to kick this off. I have Austin Scott as my five because Miles Sanders, it's looking like he's not going to play Thursday night. Five uh, A, I have Zach Moss because he gets the Jets. Number four, I have Justin Herbert coming off the bye. I think he's going to continue to improve. Number three, Justin Jackson. Really like the way he played uh, last Monday night. Uh, he's really going to fill that Austin Eckler role well, catches the ball well, just really should be a, a great back going forward. Number two, I'm going to continue with uh, Travis Fulgham. Had another really nice game coming off that monster game uh, the week before. Someone's got to get the targets in Philly, especially now that Zach Ertz is going to be out for a while. So roll with Fulgham. Yeah, I'm I'm good with all those. Uh, you know, of course, Fulgham was my uh, sell high guy, but you're you're totally right, man. If if he's available, you should pick him up because even when all these guys come back, he's a he's proven himself as a viable target for once. So I'm good with it. Um, even if you, tr- if you, even if you pick him up just to trade him. Yeah. So, uh, my number five this week is, uh, Marcus Johnson. You know, the Colts have been struggling adapting to rivers, lack of arm strength. T Y Hilton has still been struggling and Marcus Johnson has adapted as this hybrid guy who can run a quick underneath route for a quick hit. Um, and then pull a double move and rivers will find him. So he's looked pretty decent for a few weeks. Uh, number four, I also like Boston Scott. If Miles Sanders even misses a game, Boston Scott can fill in and be really solid for you. Uh, hopefully better than Alexander Madison was. My number three is Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole has had at least five targets for each of the last five weeks. And this is a guy that we think of as, oh, he's just a, a Jaguar fill-in that, that – Minshew just throws to every once in a while, but he's been pretty consistent. You need 10 points in a PPR league. You could do a lot worse. My number two is Dallas Goddard. And with Ertz coming out, first of all, Ertz has been kind of relegated to a bit of a blocking role lately. And I've always felt like Goddard is the better pass catcher. More importantly, he's a much better red zone target at six foot seven. So I think uh, Goddard's going to be solid and possibly a top 10 tight end uh, all the way forward. Yeah, Paul, I really like that at, at n- number two. I wish I would put him there. I wish I would add the foresight. Um, yeah, Ertz doesn't look like himself. He's he's hurt now on top of that. I think I saw he's going to miss three to four weeks. So Goddard, again, like Fulgham, somebody's got to get those targets. Now on a short week as well, he could be in line for a really, really nice game Thursday night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you also had Justin Jackson. I try not to repeat guys uh, on a week-over-week basis. Damian Harris and Justin Jackson are two guys that I would also uh, include as nominees here. They were from a previous episode for me. So, Anthony, who you got at number one? Well, no surprise here, much to my chagrin. I've got Jarek McKinnon because my man, yeah. Raheem Mostert, back on the IR, it's looking like. We just can't win with, with Mostert right now, but McKinnon should do a pretty darn good job in his stead and uh, ride him as long as you can, you know, as long as he's getting the lion's share of the touches. God, dude, have you, have you ever seen a player with a, a running back with as good vertical speed through a hole in, as Mostert? I mean, his, his lateral is 
below average, but through a hole, God, he is blazing. It, it, it breaks my heart every time he gets hurt because I'm like, this guy is the, 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 what he was during the playoff run last year is what Mostert is when he's healthy. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, McKinnon is also my number one for the same reason. Uh, McKinnon has historically been a good pass catcher, so he fits that role. He can get a lot of third down touches, and we already saw what he was capable of um, when he was the starter. Uh, also, just take a look at Jamichael Hasty. They gave him a few looks uh, in the, the Sunday game, so he's worth uh, taking a look at as well. Hope you guys got a lot out of this week's episode. If you guys haven't already taken the time to do so, please go ahead and hit subscribe. What that will do is it'll notify you every time we come out with a new episode. Our new episodes come out every Tuesday where we go over the waiver wire and trade talks and every Saturday when we release our 15 games in 15 minutes preview. Follow us at FCK Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, and every Sunday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern time, Anthony will be on live to answer your start sick questions. Thanks so much and have a great day, everyone.